0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 26 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week, we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Doing pretty
1: well, man. Doing pretty well. I got a little. I got a little fire going. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Beth bought a, okay, so she had bought, just because you can get them through, like, the grocery delivery and stuff, she had got some, like, off-brand of those fire logs, you know, like the compressed wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Like, compressed wood and paraffin, and you just sort of light it, and it
0: goes. It's basically, like, a big square that's kind of a candle and kind of a log.
1: Yeah, 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 basically. And listen, do I feel a little bit guilty, I guess, as, like, a man that I'm using this, like, instant fire? Yeah, I do, because I've internalized a lot of stuff, Matt. <laughs> but she did, uh, but then she we used those, and then she got some Duraflame, which is, like, the name brand, and uh, my dude there's a there's a substantial difference. Oh, is
0: substantial
1: this, difference in fire quality. Is
0: this like the sort of thing where like you should really get the hefty trash bags? like don't just yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. We're in don't the, get the saran wrap.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're in a saran wrap situation here. Like this is—I have discovered this. I'm passing this on to you. If you're between the off-brand and the name-brand, get the name-brand Duraflame fire
0: log. You know, I should—I should keep a running list of things for which it is worth spending the extra money. You know,
1: Are they, okay, so Duraflame, mm-hmm. uh, Sar- saran wrap, yeah, or Glad, Glad's fine. I would say you could do Glad, but it's not as good. It isn't uh let's see trash garbage bags garbage bags trash bags unless you have i will say unless you have access to a costco costco kirkland brand garbage bags okay here's what i'll say kirkland brand products this is my little commercial slash psa kirkland brand products are effectively a name brand as far as i'm concerned oh sure I i mean
0: i i think that's that seems true to me that definitely seems more true to me than like getting the target branded garbage can. Yeah, bags. yeah, yeah.
1: The target brand is not that's just a thing. But the Kirkland brand is like really quality stuff. So, I can't think of anything else off the top uh, of my toilet head.
0: Toilet paper. 100%. Mm.
1: Toilet paper, Bic lighters, I would say probably on the list. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you are going to have a lighter and it's not and you're not going to have like a Zippo, definitely get a bick don't get definitely those get ones where like the outside of it is clear and the wheel is like sort of set kind of like high up on t- the like top you know what i mean yeah don't just don't mess with it just get yourself a bick anyways
1: matt speaking of high quality products
0: nice transition uh speaking of high quality products i've been practicing dave today we are watching episode 26 of denji sentai mega ranger it is called really the end of the Nezir Nezir <laughs> It would have been so much better if it just stopped? Just really? <laughs> At the title was just really? Huh. Uh, anyway, it's it's episode twenty six, and it's talking about the end of the Nezir Nezir. The word that I always avoid saying because I can't pronounce it. The Nezeragia. Um, it's probably not their end because it's episode twenty six. But we will discuss that in a moment, Dave. Before that, of course, first we have our officially award-winning opening segment, Shining in the Heavens, There Are Five Stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first
1: star of the week, Matt, uh, just a quick update as to why there was not a Super Sentai Brothers last
0: week. There was a Super Sentai buddies. Week, Thank you very much, Mark and there Brian. There was.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, guys. But uh, Matt and I, you, didn't, you and I didn't record. Uh, here's why is that last Wednesday, which is the day before our recording schedule is is uh, a little bit of an embarrassment. I'm not going to lie. But uh, we would have been recording Tuesday night, but Wednesday night, uh, I was about to go on strike. So, like, I was going to be on the picket line at 7.30 in the morning uh, on Wednesday, and I was just, like, not in the headspace to do do this very fun comedy podcast. Uh, Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Anyways, it's... Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was very... I've never been a part of a strike before. I genuinely hope that I never have to be part of one again, just because it's obviously, like, the events leading up to a strike are not great. Like, they're very stressful.
0: Right, yeah. You don't go on... Like, okay, in America, you don't tend to go on strike for very few reasons, you know? Like...
1: Yeah, like things were were pretty rough. Um, so we did go on strike. Now, thankfully, we actually were only actually we we're on the picket line for half a day.
0: So, did you actually Our, like go to like go to a physical picket line?
1: Oh yeah, dog. We picketed the the school. Nice. Like we were like oh yeah, the whole staff was like we are outside the school. We picketed the high school and the board of education. Okay. And uh, we're actually only on the line for, like like I said, half a day because our negotiating team had gone in uh, the Tuesday night and negotiated from 5.30 p.m. Tuesday to 5.30 a.m. Wednesday.
0: You think they were done like, at, like, 5.20? And they're like, guys, it would be so much better if we went for another 10 minutes so we, went we got the full, full 12, 12 hours. 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 Yeah.
1: so so anyways they had like mostly hammered it out so they like went home got to sleep like covered all the like recovered all the details and then called us so we're like y'all can like we think we have an agreement like y'all can come home so uh however i will say although the events leading up to the strike were as we've already mentioned very stressful actually the strike itself uh It was kind of, dare I say it, kind of cool. Yeah, no, to be
0: like it's. I mean, I get it. Solidarity,
1: you know. It's like yeah, it's like solidarity, like part of this collective action. You know, like we're not going to take it anymore, and we dead a strike, and we now I'm going to say we like when I say we won, we actually still took a pay cut. Uh huh. It was just a reasonable pay cut given the hardships that uh, you know are facing us as a society so like we didn't strike for a raise we we were on strike for a more reasonable pay cut effectively Um, so so we did that Uh, I got a sign one of our unsurprisingly we have a couple of guys uh they're both social studies teachers and they are both like full-time teachers and like spare in their spare time are like iww union organizers okay.
0: um so they that, got i think pre- those are the only times that i will ever be fully accepting of a the title a social studies teacher because it always bugged me yeah, that yeah. they aren't like Because, you know, like when I was in college, I studied history. And so I always was like, well, no, like really, like there's history and there's politics and like, and there's other things. And if you boil them all down into one subject and just call it social studies, like you're really like diluting each individual practice. But if those guys are are actually like union organizers, then yeah, those are social studies teachers.
1: Yeah, they very definitely are. Like one of them has like a tattoo. Um, <laughs> anyways, so they got us like real old school like strike signs. They're just like re- you know they're like two feet by three feet, printed on chipboard and like big bold like all red lettering. Uh, I'm gonna have mine framed. That's awesome. They're super great. So yeah, uh, we were able <laughs> Would to it resolve be
0: it. Too- uh, you probably shouldn't get it framed and hang it in your classroom, right? That that You would... don't
1: think You don't think so cuz I was 100% planning on it.
0: I just feel like I mean, listen, would it be 100% amazing? Yes. I just feel like you might be like, you know, sticking your tongue out a little too much at the uh the admin. But hey, I don't know.
1: Whatever, man. I've got tenure. Get happy. (laughs) Um, Anyways, Matt, what is our second star of the week?
0: Uh, Second star of the week, Dave, is Bun Vulcan.
1: Welcome to Bun Vulcan.
0: Now, Dave, I have been, uh, I've just been doing my standard bread baking. I haven't really branched out. I've been a little busy with other things in life. But you, I understand, do have an exciting Bun Vulcan update. I
1: I do have an exciting, fun Bun Vulcan update. Uh, Our friend Jen, uh, it was her birthday earlier this month, and we were going to have a uh, COVID bubble birthday, and then cases started to, like, go out of control, and we were like, collapse the bubble. Right. Nobody, the bubble is gone Uh, we're not doing anything, but, uh, so I said, I said, once we sort of realized that this was going to be the case, I said, Hey, uh, would you like a cake? Like, I'll still make you a cake because it's fun for me and it would be nice. What kind of cake would you like? And she said, that would be lovely. Uh, I don't know. Pistachio. And I said to myself, uh, yeah, okay. Let me see what I can do. So I did a little bit of researching and uh, I found a recipe for a pistachio cake and it uh, it's from Sally's Baking Addiction. Great website. And the recipe for the cake was good. If you were planning on making it, me personally, she calls for cake flour. And I think I would probably do a mix of cake flour and all-purpose flour. The cake was a little too tender, in my opinion. That's ultimately neither here nor there, just if you're going to do her pistachio cake. But that's not the exciting part. What's the exciting part, here's the Here's the part that I felt really good about. First of all, that I did a pistachio thing, because doing stuff with pistachios is a giant pain. Here's why. Uh, You get pistachios, but even if you get shelled pistachios, uh, you know Peanuts, Matt, how there's the shell and then there's like the paper, right? Okay, well, pistachios have that same thing, but it is not nearly as like slippy. Uh,
0: Dave, I don't understand why you're talking to me like a man who has not eaten a lot of pistachios in his life.
1: Well, see, I had never thought about it until I started doing a pistachio like confection thing, mm-hmm. because if you're just eating them, it's fine. But if you're going to make like pistachio cake, you don't want that. You don't want the paper. You don't want the paper, right. mat and a pistachio
0: cake. Well, and I also feel like the I don't know, it feels like it would cause structural issues.
1: You know, I don't know, maybe. It just doesn't taste great. Like it's real fibrous and kind of woody tasting. So if you want to do a pistachio cake, you got to get the pistachios and then you have to like blanch them. And after you've blanched them for a few seconds and then let them cool, the the paper loosens up to the degree that you can get it off. But you've still got to sit there and like manually get it off. So if you're making doing pistachios in any sort of quantity, uh, it takes a minute. So we did that. So I felt good about it. Here's the other thing. Here's the here's the part that I felt really good about Matt. Is I made, for the filling of the cake, because it's a layer cake, I made pistachio creme mousseline.
0: I so, don't know what that is.
1: Ah, okay. So creme mousseline, I wasn't you could have known. That it seems is, it to be like the sort of that thing that know. you would have possibly known that. So I didn't want to just jump in and assume you didn't know. So it is creme Mussolini. It is a
0: cream that was the fascist ruler of Italy during World War II.
1: Matt, that's such a good setup for another subsequent joke. And I feel like I've really failed you by not following up on it. By not having a lot of
0: detailed knowledge of the life of Mussolini. Yeah, I really do not, unfortunately.
1: Uh, Anyways, creme Mussolini, it's pretty simple. It's um, creme patissiere. or or pastry cream it's just, it's pudding it's basically like creme patissiere is pastry cream it's pudding okay um it's pudding but you mix in um half by weight of softened butter okay. okay okay so it's very rich um it's not quite as sweet but it's also very stable so you can use it for like frosting for example okay so what i did and this is something that i kind of like I'm sure I'm not the first person to have ever done it, but I did come up with it out of my own head. You know what I mean? Like that version of inventing, quote unquote. So I made pistachio creme mousseline, which is pastry cream, quarter of that weight by butter, quarter of that of just softened regular butter, and quarter of that by weight of pistachio butter, which I made, which is just... I put the pistachios in my food processor and ground them until they became pistachio butter. And then I mixed that with butter and then mixed that with my pastry cream. And I made pistachio creme mousseline, and I put it in the middle of a cake and it is baller. It's real, real good. It also makes me feel like you could probably do like a peanut butter, like a peanut sort of thing if you were so inclined. And that has given me some other like chocolate peanut butter sort of cakey thing. I don't know. It's still nascent in my head. That's my Bun Vulcan. Uh, I just did kind of a fancy thing, because I'm a fancy-ish boy. Uh, Very nice. Matt is our third star of the
0: week. Uh, Dave, third star of the week is, as, as previously referenced, I have recently purchased one house.
1: Congratulations
0: again. Well, okay, thank you. Also, I'm struggling with terminology, because I'm calling it a house, which kind of is. It's it's also kind What's of a townhouse. It's part it's a row it's house. It's part of a it's part of a building, but it's like yeah, it's like a it's a it's, like a, it's a row it's house. a row house. Um yeah. Anyway, there's a word for that. You're good. But I feel like if I say I bought a row house, then people are going to be like, "Wow, that's a that's a lot of real oh, estate." Oh, it
1: implies that you oh, Okay, I got you. I got you.
0: I mean, yeah, I I didn't buy the whole row. I just bought like a, a slice of it. I I, Dave, I bought a home slice. Is what Dave I did. buy a home
1: slice. Well, man. In any in any case, we have certainly to find it to death at this point, and I think we can safely move on.
0: Okay. Yeah. In, in future, in future episodes, I will I will either refer to it as my home home slice or just the new place. So, uh, the thing is that as I did I talk in much detail about like the condition of this place
1: uh yeah i think you did i think you did because it was a concern as to whether or not you were going to like actually buy it based on the uh and then pending outcome of the home inspection oh yeah, so yeah, yeah it's basically if we didn't it's a real fixer-upper
0: right it has been unoccupied for like at least eight years so like so now what i am doing is i am going through the process of like like taking an hour or two off of work every day or two to go over there and meet with an electrician, a plumber, a structural engineer, a roof guy, a a, right. a slate roof guy specifically because the nice. p- not all, not all of the roof, but part of the roof is slate. Uh, and all that's kind of sort of a wild distinction. Well, what because it is um, a row house, like the front of the roof slopes down and then the top of the building is flat. And so on the flat part of the roof, I think it's just sort of like a standard asphalt roof, but on the mm-hmm. sloped part that faces the, the street, that's The visible part. That may- yeah. No, that makes sense. So, okay. So this is all, you know, very, there's a lot going on. There was a pest guy out. My, my Oh basement- no,
1: Matt, listen, I'm telling you, for any, any, uh, any person listening to this program and they're like late twenties up through early forties, this is gold audio. Okay,
0: well then... everybody wants to listen to Taos talk, <laughs> but what I realized I, there were two things that I wanted to point out joke. specifically. Uh, thing number one is that I had a pest guy come out and, um, like you know, take a look at the basement because there are. Uh, rats that are getting yes. into the basement because it's been empty for eight years and that's what happens to an empty building after eight years. Probably after yeah. eight months, friend, frankly. Um, so the guy came over and he filled my basement with rat with like traps and poison. And I was like, okay, well, that's what you do for rats. Um, and then I was describing later to a coworker, like, oh yeah, my basement is currently full of traps and poison. And I realized that like, it's kind of as though... It's like a dungeon in a Dungeons and Dragons game, but like for rats. rats. (laughs) Like they can come in and get the fabulous treasure of like, I don't know, being, being in my, like the great joy of being in my basement and like scooping up a tiny bite of peanut butter that is isn't a trap. The great gold that is before (laughs) them. But they do have to avoid the traps and the poison. Uh, So far, a number of them have been unsuccessful. (laughs)
1: All that means, man, is that you got high-level rats. Yeah. What you got to do now... See, now what you've got to do is now you have to make some sort of, like... Set up some sort of, like, recruitment scheme, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you've determined that they're high-level rats. Oh, no. Now you need to set up... There
0: are at least three rats that were not high-level.
1: Well, then you're just weeding out the, you know... And so now what you need is, like, a rat bartender to, like, go down into the basement and, like, send (laughs) them on quests.
0: The other thing was that... The a guy came out to look at the roof, right? And the the roof, it's like a three story building. Like each unit is kind of narrow, but it goes up high. Um, so it's a three story building, and you know, like yeah. the slate roof is up there, and it would be a pain to get up there. And so when he shows up, he's like, okay, I'll. Like he comes inside, he looks at like the leak of the water through the roof, and then he goes outside and he just pulls out a drone, and he flies it up there. That's pretty brilliant. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, like, of course you have a drone
1: roof guy. Right,
0: like, not only does it make sense that the roof guy has a drone, that is the only thing that having a drone actually makes sense for. That and, like, I don't know, filming, like, movies and TV shows, maybe? You know, know, right. No, that's
1: brilliant. It makes the most sense that roof guy has a, ooh, chimney guy.
0: Chimney, chimney guy could
1: use a drone but you'd have to be very good you would have to
0: be an expert and it would have to be a
1: pretty small drone <laughs> they make tiny ones they make tiny ones for like babies now
0: they do they do so i am excited because now i'm gonna get like his like report and estimate is gonna come with like nice quality like close-up drone, photogra- like drone, drone, drone footage shots of my roof so i can see what it looks like up there it's gonna be very cool That's and amazing. potentially very expensive
1: uh, you know, man, welcome to welcome to owning a house. Matt, what is the fourth star of the week?
0: The fourth star of the week is, I am all caught up on The Mandalorian. Dude. For whatever Dude. reason, I had been watching the first season, and I loved it, and I got, like, through, like, four or five episodes. And, and you know what had happened? Was I watched the first five episodes, which I think got me up through The Gunslinger, I think? The one with the, the sniper? Who's the mm. uh, Ming-Na? Yeah. Um, anyway, great episode. And then uh, our sister was in town. I'm like, oh, Katie, you gotta watch The Mandalorian. And you so we started from the beginning and I watched those four episodes again and I was like, I've watched a lot of The Mandalorian recently, but like, I never actually finished the first season. I, oh, I kind man. of fizzled out there. So recently, I watched the back half of the first season and all of the currently existing second season episodes, like in a two day stretch. And Dave, this television show is of a high quality. It's
1: extremely high quality. Here's my only here's my only goof about the Mandalorian is that the Mandalorian is the best Star Wars movie to come out in the last ten years. Like bar like bar none, it is head and shoulders better than any of the Star Wars movies. <laughs>
0: I I like the last Jedi a lot. I will say oh, dude.
1: I liked all of and I liked those movies. I liked most I'm of them. I'm not pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I went I saw them all. I saw them all in the theater and walked out and said that was a fun movie and I enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Right? I'm not a I'm not panning those movies. Uh Mandalorian is still just way better.
0: My the thing that I think is so hilarious about the Mandalorian is that like I see people who talk about The Mandalorian like, ah, oh, it's a space western. I'm like, you are calling it a space western because you have never played Star Wars, the tabletop role playing game. Because if you had ever played <laughs> Star Wars, the tabletop role playing game, you would never say this is a space western. You would say this is just a televised version of Star Wars, the tabletop role playing game. Like, revised edition. Well, that is one of the better
1: editions. I'm not going to lie. Revised was good. Uh, I revised know- was really good. Yeah, I know some people have a soft spot for the old WEG edition, but um, uh, I mean, No, because no, there was
0: also the WEG Ghostbusters game, and those were really D6 heavy. I did not like yeah. the WEG system. Yeah, Fanta- no, too much. Re- the more recent Fantasy Flight game was good. The one that was built on The Ghostbusters base- one? No, no, no. Fantasy Flight did a um, the most recent Star Wars tabletop game. They sort of did the oh, same. You know- Do you remember that weird system with the custom dice for their... Um, their edition uh, oh, of the Warhammer yes, yes, game. Yes, yes, yeah, no, that's a great game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, did yeah, the yeah. same system as Star very Wars. Good. Um, really good. But like, this is, and here is the extent to which it is a tabletop role playing game. It's like, okay, in a Star Wars tabletop role playing game, you can't really involve the Jedi unless it's a totally a Jedi story. And so, like, Mandalore's like, well, like, there's Force stuff, but we can't focus too much on Force stuff, or else it's gonna totally take over the show. And then they're like, well, we can involve some canon characters, but A we can't little let them all the way in, or else we're just, like, pretending that we're in the movies. So, like, you can't have Luke Skywalker, but you can have, like, Anakin's Padawan from the animated Clone Wars show... And you can't Dude. you can't have Thrawn, but you can have somebody talking about Thrawn. Dude they put
1: Thrawn in they, they I think we're going to get Thrawn. I think we're going to get Thrawn. I, I I'm just going to say it right, right now. I do also, think we're like, going to get Thrawn. I'm very in excited Thrawn, about it
0: because Thrawn is like extended universe stuff. Like extended universe from books that are no longer canon, right?
1: I get Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be weird obviously because it's about to be canon again right but uh yeah guys if you're not i mean this show is we're not saying anything nobody else is saying i guess we should have said spoiler
0: uh, like spoiler warning for the mandalorian um but dude the most recent episode was extremely good there was a character extremely good there was a character that not only did i not expect to see but when i saw him it took me like half of a full scene to realize who he was Oh, yeah. I saw
1: the drop for him and I was like, oh, that seems to be a drop for this character, but it can't possibly be that because of a reason. And then they were like, it is this character. And I was just like, no way. Um, Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It felt real, real good.
0: Yeah, dude. Check out The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, a streaming service. Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? Uh, so, our fifth star of the week, Matt,
1: is that we're reaching a spot in our ongoing Mage game where we're going to take a little break from that, because uh, we're sort of at the end of an arc, or we're nearing it, and we said, well, you know, we're having a great time, let's move on to another game, and uh, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. So we chatted about what we would do, and we landed on a game that I love that's very near and dear to my heart. It's called Deadlands, Hell on Earth, and it's a post-apocalyptic game. And I was very excited to discover that there is a new edition of uh, Deadlands Hell on Earth that you can play using a, a new system.
0: Which, which is, is
1: good. Which is good. Because Deadlands Hell on Earth and all the Deadlands properties, to be honest, uh, occupy a real sweet spot in my heart. There were games, there were some of the first games that we played, you, me, and our buddy Sean. Um, and they are great games. And the system for Deadlands is objectively a hot mess oh
0: it's there are a lot of fun it's like ideas it is like in it ba-
1: yeah dude like it is like barely playable if you are a person who plays games that has never played this to play deadlands hell on earth you need a full set of dice mm-hmm. you need uh a poker deck you need sorry a full set of dice multiple poker decks mm-hmm. uh you need a pot of poker chips yes Is there anything else you need? I think those are the only things you need. So, like, when you roll... This should just give you a clue. When you roll initiative, like, you use the dice to roll initiative. Based on the results of the die roll, you get dealt cards. And then each of the cards are resolved in order from, like, two up in suit order from club diamond heart spade that's bottom to top yeah sorry so you go bottom to top no 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 you go top down yeah that's so right. if
0: you have the ace of spades you go first if you have the two of clubs you, you go, go first last.
1: yeah so there are like there are sorry two of hearts, fifth, and, hearts and there's last. the jokers the jokers are in there too so there's 54 different uh possibilities for your initiative but you need a deck for the heroes and the npcs need a deck for the npcs like and that's guys that's just initiative yeah uh the whole game is like that so anyways there's a new version of the game um we're gonna get cranking on a new fun post-apocalyptic uh adventure
0: here i think it's gonna be a great time i'm certainly looking forward to it uh and you know what else i'm looking forward to dave discussing episode 26 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. It is called, really? The end of the impronounceable word? No, the end of the Neziregia. Neziregia. Um It was written by Yasuko Kobayashi. Its original air date was August 17th, 1997. Uh, you can watch along either on the DVDs or at shoutfactory.tv. Once again, Mega Ranger been good. Definitely dec- recommend it. Uh, Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back, and we will talk about it then. Welcome back. We have watched episode 26, really? The end of the Neziregia? Uh, It was good, and we're going to talk about it. It was good.
1: We are going to talk about about it. So we
0: open up in space. In space.
1: In, I did not realize this at first, the, there's a moon base. So there's the Galaxy Mega like satellite base, and then there is apparently also a base on the moon, uh, which is where we open up on Yusuku Hayakawa, the chief of the Special Projects Division, who has vertical blinds in space.
0: Yes. Very good. I mean, listen, dude. Lakey
1: doesn't have... He doesn't have space blinds. He doesn't have just like a shut... It is like full on... There's
0: not a blast like your- shield that comes down.
1: There's no- <laughs> it's just like... There's like the little stick that wiggles <laughs> it back <down> and forth. It's <laughs> like the dumb little rope that twists them. That's his space blinds. Um, so he's at his computer working assiduously. Yeah. All of his underlings are very pleased. They're like, ah, this is so great. He's saying to Uh, himself,
0: like, there's so many improvements that can be made. I have to focus on this.
1: And they're like, ah, good. It's Hayakawa's back, man. And, uh, you know, they're on track. They're back on track with this big special project. So we loop around and uh, we get a look at the details that actually Hayakawa is reviewing on his computer.
0: And what he's looking at. It's not, like, project specs for this special project that is so important. He's just watching game tape. He's just watching the previous episode. Like, okay, when I was fighting that monster, I should have dodged that attack. I'll need to be more careful next time around attacks. It's
1: it's incredible because, of course, it demonstrates a couple of things. A, that he already knows that he's going to be ignoring Dr. Uh, Kubota, and he's definitely going back out in the field. The second thing is that, like... This demonstrates for us like how good Hayakawa is at whatever his specific job is because he took all that time he like presumably took time off to like fix Mega Silver Suit and like upgrade it or whatever and he took time to go down and like hang out on his sweet pad and like ride a motorcycle and be a cool guy and now he's back and they're like back on schedule. So
0: so he's good. Yeah. I mean, the other option here is that he's not good and is so unneeded. Like, Kubota thinks that he's important, but actually all of his underlings are, like, doing all of his work for him and always have been. And he can just sit at his desk. But the guy does say that we are now back on schedule. So I'm choosing to believe that he is that good at his job.
1: Well, and his own underlings, are like, his own, like, direct reports are excited that he's back. And because, like, things are, are working out for them. Like, it's better now that he's here. And so typically, I, I if you have a
0: boss that you have to do all of their work, you are not excited when they come back.
1: You're not excited when that guy's gone. Or that when that guy's back. So anyways, uh, we go there. Uh, we go down Wait, to Dave, the Digital on.
0: Research Club. Hold on. There is a very important detail that we are glossing over here. Oh, I'm sorry. After he talks about you're how totally he right. needs to be more careful in the future, he stands up. We see the sleeves of his lab coat are rolled up because he's cool. He's a cool scientist. And then he just starts shouting and kicking, like, basically at his desk in the lab, like, yeah, I'm gonna kick him next time. Just like this. He's doing (laughs) full-on, like, Tommy Oliver kicking and yelling in his science lab.
1: Now, he is very good at those kicks. Super good. Credit where it's due. Yeah. So... And Matt, I just want to say, I think you and I can both agree that rolling your sleeves up does definitely make you
0: cooler. My sleeves are rolled up right now. You can't see them because my shirt's under a cardigan. But under that cardigan, rolled up sleeves. Yeah, my sleeves are always rolled up. My cardigan sleeves are a little rolled up as well.
1: So Matt and I, this is one of these great little like weird anthropological things. Matt and I always roll our sleeves up. We always roll our sleeves up. Because, A, it's just comfortable and convenient. Mm-hmm. B, but primarily because our dad always rolls his sleeves up. Our dad always rolls his sleeves up, I think, because partly because dad was an engineer and partly because his dad, our grandfather, always held his sleeves rolled up because he was an engineer. Well, the reason he always had his sleeves rolled up is is directly because he was an engineer and like you would get your sleeves all dirty with like pencil graphite if you didn't have your sleeves rolled up. So like science guys and engineers always wore short sleeves so they didn't get their shirts dirty all the time. And now in 2020, a librarian and a high school English teacher are rolling, like, rolling around with their sleeves rolled up because like 60 years ago, engineers didn't want to get graphite on their shirts.
0: It's, yeah, it's very fun. I just
1: love stuff like that. So
0: anyways. Also, I got long arms.
1: Yeah, it is. I also, yeah, it's difficult to find shirts that fit me in all dimensions. And by rolling up sleeves, I can sort of eliminate one of those dimensions. Mm -hmm. And uh, it does make my shirts fit better. That's also
0: totally true. So we we go down to Earth. Back to Earth, back to the episode. We are in the computer science lab with our five heroes and a box of fireworks.
1: Yes, apparently for some reason the digital research club has a fireworks party tradition. An
0: annual fireworks party in the summertime. Their school so, uh, club has an annual summertime fireworks party.
1: So, <laughs> so Minku and Kenta are like, we should invite we should invite Yusuku. To come to our fireworks party. And everyone's like, yes, this is a great plan. Mr. Hayakawa is really cool and also mega silver. And that's neat. Uh, Kuchiru says, no, like, that is, we cannot do
0: that. And they're like, well, why? He totally t- come. He's like, yeah, that's the problem. Like, He's supposed to be working in space, <laughs> not hanging out <laughs> with us. <sighs>
1: Which he will 100% blow off to come hang out at our fireworks party. Right, if you text him and just
0: be like, hey, what are you up to this weekend? He's already on a spaceship down here.
1: Right, he'll just say nothing. What's up with you? Uh, So anyways, Kent is like, oh man, tough to be a leader, I guess. Like, what a square. So we go from there. And we just see some... Oh yeah, so there is an alert. And we immediately go see what that alert is. And it is some kunikune chasing just what appear to be like it's like a salary man, it's just like a dude in a suit. And then uh Gyrail shows up and they are like chasing this dude. This is not like random terror. Right. They are like they are after whoever this cat is.
0: Well, you know, I think this show does a very nice thing here because Based on where the scene is set, it's very clear that they are chasing this guy in particular. Because it's not down a city street. It's like through a field, across like a stream, under a highway overpass. Like, there are no other people around. They are specifically chasing and hunting this guy.
1: So they they kind of close in on him. And he reaches into his jacket and grabs this just like little It's a Sonic stick. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and he like, it's like a tasery, blasty thing. He like blasts him, kune, kune. And Guy Rails is like, how dare you use that? And he blasts Gyrail and Gyrail disappears. And the Rangers have just shown up. And they're like, what is going on? Uh, Guy Rale kind of gets in a parting shot as he's teleporting out. And the dude goes down.
0: We cut to the hospital, and Dr. Kubota is there, and, and Dr. Kubota is talking to this guy who has the blaster, and this guy is Dr. Namba. Now, Dr. Namba is a scientist who disappeared about a month ago, and Dr. Namba says, like, oh, yeah, like, when I disappeared a month ago, I was captured by the Nazare, and they have been, like, holding me this whole time.
1: Like, holding me, torturing me, but... While I was there, I kind of was able to figure some stuff out and, like, Iron Man together this thing. And Kubota is, like, super impressed. He's like, what is this thing? And he says, oh, it's like a Nezare energy neutralizer, and it uses, like, hypersonic waves and just basically, like, shorts out the Nezare. And Dr. Kubota says, predictably, that's amazing. Love you to see have that. basically <laughs> love it, love to see it. You basically have just saved Earth. Like, this is incredible. Uh, we quick Cut con- and Dr. is there with the Rangers, and he's like, check it out. Uh, the Rangers are psyched. Yeah, Kenta's like, Miku, wait, particularly, so
0: we do not have to. Yeah, I think Kenta and Miku are like, so you don't need us anymore. We're good, we can just go home. And Chisato is like, well, no, they probably still need us because they need someone to operate the device to like use it to chase away the Nzeri when they come to Earth. Doctor right, Kaboda so, like, is like, actually, one... like, no, we we are fine without you because well, sort of we we we're with, we will we will be fine without you soon. Um, Doctor Namba has said that if we just plug this device into the satellite arrays. Then that will be able to like send out the wave in a huge burst, and that will just destroy all of the Nesray at once. Yeah, like it'll, and we'll be good.
1: Blanket the Earth, we'll will be good. So what we need you to so do like, is
0: just go to go to the place where this is going to be happening and watch.
1: Yeah. So you're just you're on guard duty until this thing. Uh- <laughs> And then as he's completing this uh, It's a great A uh, guy comes in he's just like Hey uh, we did just hear from the moon And Dr. Hayakawa would like to take some vacation And
0: Yes um, because there's an adventure to be had
1: Dude I love it Dr. Hayakawa is great I keep saying Dr. Hayakawa They actually just call him Mr. Hayakawa But I feel like you would have to have a doctorate
0: right? I don't know maybe not Maybe he's like maybe all the not. dissertation Hayakawa Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really, so at a this good point joke. I have, a, I have um, a bit in my notes that says Okay, Dr. Namba is clearly a bad guy and this is obviously a trick
1: Okay, dude, you, good for you, man You caught it faster than I did I, was, I mean, I obviously knew that there was going to be a twist so, Sorry, spoilers, Matt is right I knew there was going to be a twist, because obviously they're not getting rid of the Nezaregia in episode 26. But I did not particularly see this thing coming quite yet. Quite yet.
0: It's, yeah, no, it's pretty I short. W- I was wrong about the specifics. I thought that this was going to be like a Shibbolina mind control thing. And it turned out to be something totally different and crazy.
1: Yeah, But so it, this we,
0: is when my, my, my Spidey sense started tingling
1: so we see the rangers they're camping out they're just literally camping out kenta did bring the fireworks uh they're like dude we're on watch you cannot be setting off fireworks and he's like guys come on the fireworks are fun they'll take our minds off of off of all of this which is literally the exact opposite of what you're supposed to be doing uh so So they finally convince him, like he reaches for the fireworks three times and Shisato keeps like slapping his hand away. And then once they have finally convinced him, he's saying something else and then just subconsciously reaches for the fireworks again. Like he just can't, he just is compelled to disobey. So uh, Kuchiru says like... Dude, "Mm Kenta may as
0: well have a t-shirt that says I am compelled to disobey.
1: (laughs) Uh, dude, we should. That's a great piece of merch. That dude, that can be our uh, our yearly T shirt send out for all of our like top tier Patreon supporters.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. Compelled to disobey. Com- like, I am compelled to disobey. Like, like, that's over a great a picture t-shirt. of Kenta. Love it.
1: I love it. Um, so I think we are. We normally send those out in March. Well,
0: we normally I think? send them out when we like. So when, when we wrap the season and start the new one. So, yeah.
1: So which actually um, means.
0: You know, we're anyway, we can work on logistics later.
1: Yeah. So we'll figure that out. Um, Anyways. So Koichiru says, like, I'm going to go like, I'm just going to go take a closer look. Like, let me go check this whole situation out. So he shows up and we see a lady who we're about to find out is Dr. Namba's wife and their child. And she's like trying to get into the base. She's like, please let me in. He was gone for a month he is my husband and the father of this child he very obviously will want to see us and the scientist who's there is like i'm super duper sorry i totally recognize that that would make sense but unfortunately like he has specifically said he cannot see anybody up to and including you because the thing he's doing is so important like you have to so, yeah scram
0: so, so he closes you? the door yeah it uh, goes back inside. The woman is standing outside, like, yelling at him. Kuichiru is observing this entire thing.
1: Yeah, he... Uh... Now, on one hand, it is obviously weird. On the other hand, because, as Matt has said, Dr. Namba is, in fact, evil. Uh, if he weren't evil, this still would be, like, a semi-reasonable position to have taken semi he could have just been like yes they can come in and see me and i'll like say hi and kiss my kid and then get back to work on the engineering project that will save all all of humanity the whole one the whole humanity will be saved by this project now obviously that's not the case but it i did think of it like well that's a little bit intense but like i get where he's coming from he's saving the entire universe world yeah so
0: (laughs) red flags continue to go up because inside the the assistant who has been talking to Dr. Namba's wife uh Mrs. Namba comes in and says to the doctor like hey i told your wife and baby to leave um so i covered that for you are you like super sure that you don't want to just say pie or whatever and dr like, namba was like or anything yeah. like yeah nope very busy right now Thank you for getting rid of them. Also, good news, we're all set here. Um, Why don't you get all the other humans, I mean all the people who are our staff, together in the meeting room, and I'll come meet you all there, and I'll deliver some news to you all when you're all gathered conveniently in one spot.
1: Yeah, my notes just say, gather everyone in the meeting room. Oh, no, he's evil. <laughs> so the wife sneaks in. Kujiru follows, and she's like, please stop. <laughs> or they hear someone scream, please stop, like from a distance. And Kujiru's like, you, something is bad. You wait here, wife and child, not mine, Dr. Nambas. Sure. I'm going to go investigate. So he runs and investigate. Uh, everybody's dead. Right. The meeting Wait, room is just that.
0: full of, it's full of people on the ground who are probably dead, but yeah. that is not confirmed because this is a show for children.
1: Uh, Doctor Hayakawa shows up. <laughs> he's yeah. just
0: there. Yeah, Kuch is like, "Why are you here?" Yeah, and he's just like, "What's what's really great is that Koichiru's is like, okay, something is definitely up, and then from down the hall, he hears a voice like." So, you think there's something up too. And from out of the shadows comes Dr. Hayakawa, a.k.a. Yusuku, a.k.a. Mega Silver, in glasses which he does not need because he was wearing a disguise?
1: I guess um, <laughs> he's like, I'm here undercover. Which is like, you're definitely not. Like what? <laughs> Like, what? Like, why are you doing this? Like, you have a job to do. Go do your thing. And he's like, oh, man, Quichiru, don't be such a square. Like, come on, man. I'm just, I'm here having some fun. (laughs) Quichiru's like, this is not fun. Men are dead. A lot of them, right there. Like, we haven't even left the room yet. This is not, like, like a fun time, like, pizza party. Like, please be serious about this.
0: Okay, so uh, so as they are bickering, oh, also... Uh, Yusuke has a great line where he says that his Highly attuned 6th ranger sense has told him that something is up
1: I just read that his 6th sense I think 6th ranger sense is much better
0: Um. Anyway, so Dr. Namba walks up and he's like Hey, um, first of all, clearly I'm evil Second of all, I'm actually a Nazare monster And a weird evil cicada as it turns out
1: yeah, so he, like, bites his thumb. And then a cicada, I'm not sure if it, like, flies out of his ear, but that is kind of what it looks like. And it, uh, and then it just sort of, like, lands and he collapses. And it reminded me of the worst scene from the old B-movie, The Beastmaster, which I saw on cable television at a grandparent's house. Here's the scene. Uh, a dude is just, like, held down. And then they put, like, a... A wiggly worm in his ear and then they cut away for like a hot second and then they cut back they put like an alka-seltzer in there and there's just like foam coming out of his ear and then they just put a big old green like black mask over his head and he becomes like a mindless berserker because like this worm ate his brain um that's pretty bad yeah it's pretty bad i don't i don't, do I don't like it, it in
0: movies where bugs go from outside of someone to inside of someone Man, that's I'm one gonna, of the things that I really don't like in movies.
1: You know, man, I'm gonna go ahead and and just remove the in movies caveat. To sure, the thing just, that that's, you just that's said.
0: normally where I encounter it. Yeah, like the I'm scarabs make a, from the mummy.
1: Oh man, that's bad. That's bad. You gotta keep you gotta keep your feet under the blankets to avoid that scenario. But yeah, I'm gonna take a general stance of I don't like it anytime in any scenario when a bug goes from the outside of a person to the inside of a person I guess I could make a slight exception for if you have decided to eat a bug but only kind of
0: yeah that's a choice I respect that choice it's not one I make myself but you know I I guess I would cross that bridge if and when I came to it Dave now we got a big monster cicada and I thought I thought that the trick with the cicada was going to be like I thought that the gimmick because you know there's always a gimmick there's a reason why they choose a cicada there's a reason why they choose the animal that they choose generally yes and i thought it's like oh well cicadas like hibernate inside of their like that's what i thought too it's they, a
1: dual thing because it works on multiple yeah like levels. they
0: hibernate inside and then eventually they pop out and then they're annoying and that's what's happening now is that this has been hiding inside and now he's out like a cicada does
1: yes Here's the second part of it. It also makes the terrible cicada noise. Uh, and so here's what we find out. Obviously, Dr. Namba has not created a Nazarene destroying device. He has created a human destroying device and tricked the rangers into helping him do it. It's a very good plan. Also, cicada Nazarene looks
0: horrifying. Do not love it.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, very it's a
0: great design.
1: It is. It's a very bad, very bad, bad look because he does just he looks like uh, he looks like the fly, but a cicada. It's very bad. And then I had to mute my my computer because the noise that they were playing was genuinely terrible and was starting to give me a headache. And it goes like on it for was an, so long. <laughs> it goes on for a really long time. It was actually very meta because because I felt as a viewer of the show, like Cicada Nezere was was also attacking me. Like I was part of. I became it's a part 4D of the
0: experience. Show.
1: Yeah, it was very bad. Now thankfully, I could just mute him, uh, which not everybody in the show had the option to do. So. The rangers are outside. They're like, that obviously is bad. And, oh, there's and energy by the way, that's what it. the
0: transmission is. Like, the thing that they were plugging into the machine was not an anti-Nesere wave, it is an anti-human brain wave, which is this horrible sound.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the rangers are outside. They're like, that's the satellite dish. This is very bad. Uh, we're going to go take it out. So they run in, uh, and Mega Red just like bounces off. It's like an electrostatic uh, force field. Yes. And so he both bounces off of it and takes damage when he when he does so. And we find out that not only is it blocking the rangers from
0: getting right. in. Yeah, it is not just an electrostatic force field. It is also a firewall, like an internet firewall, that is stopping anyone from hacking into their systems. Because right. Dr. So, Kubota is trying to just, like, get in there to stop this. Yeah,
1: so um, Inet is locked out. The rangers can't get in physically. Everybody's freaking out. We shoot to the Nazare. They are loving this plan. Obviously, it's really good. So we go back, and we're still in this scene with Cicada and the wife and the kid and Yusuku and Kuchiru. And Kuchiru's like, hey, Yusuku, like, why like, why are you looking so confident? We're in a very bad situation here. And he's like, it's cool. And he just, like, throws his jacket at Cicada and he's like, run! And then they just run away.
0: yeah. They they, there away. is a moment where they try to stop to grab the either dead or unconscious Dr. Namba, but they do not have that opportunity.
1: So, uh, Ko is like looking around for the they're kind of like running hiding, and they're in like a nondescript part of the building, and Ko is looking for the system that can shut this down. And Yusuku's like, we should go back and and fight and like go do the thing. And creatures like, hate my dude. Um This is not going to work because we can't install.
0: Right. Yeah. Because they had tried to contact Dr. Kubota and when they weren't able to, Yusuke realized that like the shield that is blocking everything off, off is doing a few things. It's stopping physical like movement between the inside of the facility and the outside of the facility. It is stopping the people from outside from like hacking the systems. Um. It is stopping the horrible sound from affecting Kuichiru and Yusuku, but it is also stopping the, um, like, the install process because that originates at Galaxy Mega and is sent down to the rangers in the field. So because, yep. like, they're cut off from that, they cannot transform right now.
1: Yeah. So, uh, the and then, of course, the baby starts crying. Totally reasonable. And they're like, this is very bad. The
0: Kune Kune are gonna hear this baby. Um he's kinda fight. stoked about it because he's like, This is this is crazy. This is really wild. This we're having a cool adventure. Yeah, and
1: Kujiru is not into it. Um there's a quick flash to outside where they're fighting the fighting still, the rangers are. Uh we go back inside, and now Kuichru is again, he's like still looking for the system. They're down at like the bowels of the of the of the building, and He's like, you need to chill out because you just kind of want to be a hero. And this is not like we're not doing this to like hang out and have like fun time hero times. Like this is really serious and you need to you need to serious up. Uh, the baby is still crying. Kuichiru is trying to like comfort it and the mother's trying to comfort it. Nothing is happening.
0: Kuichiru is trying to convince the baby that it should be quiet, I think is a better way to describe it. Yeah, that, that
1: is probably a, a better way to say it.
0: Um he is not successful. He he yeah, he does not have that sort of touch. And Yuzuku looks over and sort of smiles at himself and sees like there's just like a, a notice that's posted on one of the crates that they're standing next to, and he pulls it off. He pulls the piece of paper off the thing, and he's like, and he just sort of starts, like, messing with it a little bit, like, folding it up. And he's saying, like, man, like, you definitely need to chill out sometimes. Like, your very intense, like, demeanor. Like, leader thing. Like, is not always the right approach. And when we cut back to him, he is like used the folded up paper and, like, a twisted piece of wire he found to create, like, a makeshift pinwheel. Yeah. And, and he sort of, like, blows on and is like, aha, I've made this little toy. And is like, why are you making a toy right now? There are monsters chasing us and this baby is crying and we need to find a way to make the baby stop crying. And, Ku- and Yusuke just walks over and hands the pinwheel to the baby and blows on it. And, like, the baby notices the spinning pinwheel is like, ah, goo-goo-ga-ga.
1: Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, I know. Like, I'm not a dummy, and I'm, it's not that I'm not being serious, but you're just a real drag. <laughs> like <laughs> like, you can recognize that we have a problem and solve it without being like the sour about it, my dude. Like, come on. So
0: uh, it's a nice moment.
1: It is. It is very good. Uh, we go back. The ragers are really on the ropes with Guy like It's going very poorly. Uh, they tell the mom, "They're like, you wait here. Like, well, the baby's being quiet now, so you're kind of safe. We gotta go." So they go up. They find the control thing, but uh, Cicada and Aziray shows up, and he's got like some sort of. He can do this. Uh, he also has like a personal sonic attack, like yeah. the. He's the Sonic Attack guy. They set him up to do the larger thing, and then, but he also has his own, like...
0: Personal thing. You
1: Yeah.
0: Um, things are looking bad. The, the fight... Because, you know, they can't transform, so, like, that's not going super well. And Yusuke was like, if we can't transform soon, we're probably not going to win. And Koichiru at this point, is like, hey, man, that definitely does not sound like your demeanor. Like... Uh, let's, like, let's do this your style and, like, do some big stupid bravado moment and just run at this guy.
1: Uh, and it does, it totally works. They basically just, like, double charge him. He's surprised. They kick him out a window. He hits his own, like, energy wall, gets blasted, and, and goes down. And in so doing, shuts the whole wall down. Yeah. So then Inet can get in. They shut the system down. Um... Yusaku and uh, Kuchiru are able to henshin. Mm -hmm. The fight is joined.
0: Oh, you know, Dave, there's there's, there's one moment that I think we missed when they were fighting through a hallway of Kunakune to get to that control room. It's that Ko was about to be zapped and Yusaku, like... Like th- didn't like throw himself in the way of the blast, but like threw himself towards Koichiro to like save him from being blasted. Oh and, like, yeah, that took, was a good. Like, kind of took like a big hit in the in the process of it, and he's down on the ground for a second. And Koichiro goes over to him when things when he's able to like clear out the Kune Kune and says like Hey, man, are you okay?" And Yusuke's response is like, "Yeah, it's fine. Like, I'm like." I am pretty well-suited to doing this sort of thing. Like, like I am willing to put myself out there to do this kind of stuff. Like, you don't have to worry about me. Which I'm only bringing up because it's going to come up, at, like, at the very end of the episode.
1: Yeah. So, um, the fight is not super interesting. There is one cool moment where, or right at the end, where Mega Capture uses her own, like, or Mega Pink uses Mega Capture to create, like, its own, like, Counter Sonic Waves, and I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I really liked the Sonic Wave, the personal Sonic Wave that the Cicada was sending out towards the Mega Rangers, like never works even for a second. Like he shoots it out, it gets halfway to them, and Mega Pink is like, dude, don't bring that weak game. Like,
1: right, she's like, we've had quite enough of Sonic attacks, and like now that we're on it, like, it's, this is done. So uh, they finish up with Blazer Impact, which is Mega Mm -hmm. Silver's move. I love it because it is a rapid shot that also involves running at the person while you are shooting them.
0: And ends with transforming your gun into a sword and slicing them in half. Uh,
1: It's, yeah, it's a real strong, it's a real strong move. Um, Cicada goes giant. They summon Galaxy Mega.
0: Then that... And, yeah, they, yeah.
1: yeah, you know, they they kill... He gets caught in the wires for a second. They they kill Galaxy... Or they kill Cicada. That's right. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. Um, After the fight, we find out Dr. Namba is alive. Hooray! He has been reunited with his family. Uh, feels so good. Uh, Dr. Kubota calls Yusuke on his cell phone and says like, Hey, um, I'm not going to yell at you, but you do need to come back to work.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kenta gets out the fireworks and they're like, so the fireworks, like you should stick around. And Yusuke's like, well, I gotta go back to work, but like, this won't take long. Hooray. Yeah. Well, it also,
0: and also says like,
1: okay, oh, like right.
0: you can come and like you can party with us.
1: Uh, I really dig that they specify that it won't take long. And then the next scene is like very Night obviously has fallen. hours <laughs> later. Right. Uh, and then they're doing their little fireworks party and uh Kuichiru and Yusuku are like hanging out, sitting away from everybody, and they're chatting. And then there is like this weird moment where they're both just like, I'll be more serious and I'll lighten up and they're well, you they're, know, they kind of meet in the middle of the thing, a little. The
0: reason that I wanted to specify that moment from earlier is that Koichiru says to him, like, I feel like I understand you a little bit better now. Like, it's not just that you want to do like big hero stuff. It's that like you are like there is a need for something like I don't think he really says all of this, but this is what I got out of the conversation. was like, you recognize that there is a need for somebody like you to be doing the sort of thing that you are doing. And you feel like you are the best person for the job. So despite the fact that it is disrupt- disrupting your life, and like, yeah, you're enjoying it. But like, the, your motivation is pure. You're not just in it for the hero stuff. You are trying to fill a hole that you see needs to be filled. Yeah. That that was the vibe I got off their conversation.
1: Yeah, uh it was. It was very good. And so then he sort of like Coocher like sort of scoots in towards him and then you sco- scoots away. And then he scoots in again and then you scoot scoots away. And then the other rangers are like, What's going on over there? You guys are suspicious. Which is like a weird, like Like the only thing that it, Like, I don't want to be this guy, but like, are they implying that there's some sort of like romantic? thing that they're being suspicious about because that is a wild
0: jump kujuru does use uh, yusuku's lit sparkler to light his own sparkler yeah and like kujuru is definitely
1: putting off that energy
0: yeah like it the vibe does exist like it's not as strong as that early episode where like miku grabs chisato to like go on a date but it definitely does have a bit of a vibe.
1: It does have a bit of a vibe. And that's uh, but anyways, episode.
0: that's it. Um, but it's not the end of our episode, Dave. Because first, we need to determine where Cicada Nazare lands in the Creature Royale. And before we do that, I feel like we should have a conversation about the Creature Royale. And when I say I feel like we should have a conversation, I mean you have suggested that we have a conversation but i was already mid sentence so, so here's the deal instead.
1: i just you know the um the creature royale at this point is 200 plus monsters long and i just gotta be honest like it is it's it's become very unwieldy when we were two seasons in three seasons in it made a lot of sense now that we're on season 6 of the show the list is so large You know, sometimes I don't really remember the monsters, and yeah, like almost every
0: almost every episode, I have to we have to pause while I say to Dave, "Who is N.N. Narenko?" And then we look it up and we kind of remember, but like it's it, it is becoming difficult. It's it's unwieldy the list is so
1: yeah so here's what we've done Uh, we're actually kind of take a cue it's like the idea of it it's a little fun exercise we're going to take a cue uh from matt and mike over at ranger danger and we are just going to be doing it by season from now on so uh our list of just the nezere monsters neo bat nezere is at the top followed by antlion nezere and rose nezere then bee nezere and toad nezere and poison moth uh now up from the bottom We've got Scorpion Nezere, the non-monster, Stingray Nezere, Elephant Nezere, and Moray Nezere. And then everybody else sort of falls sort of somewhere in between. So in this list, Matt, where do you think Cicada Nezere falls?
0: I think Cicada Nezere is pretty good. He's pretty good. Cicada Nezere, maybe because he was like controlling a scientist to do a bad thing with a science base gave me kind of B Neserae vibes. Also he's a bug and bees are bugs. He is, yeah, I don't I don't think is... he's as good as B Neserae.
1: No, um, I don't know. He's got a very cool plan, and I really like that he kind of had a different spin on, like, the mind control thing. Um, his monster design is good, but I do hate it.
0: It's good in but a way think, that makes me really loathe it, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I think that's, that's like, the point. Um, so I would agree. I don't think he's as cool as B. Nazare. Okay, another but...
0: mind control, another scientist I'm sorry, let me rephrase this. Another Nezere monster that controls the mind of a scientist is Owl Nezere. That's at number six. Well, I was going to
1: say, to be fair, they're actually pretty thick on the ground. Yeah. Um. I would say I like Cicada Nezere better than Owl Nezere. Not quite as well, actually. I think that's a good spot. Just above Owl Nezere, not quite as well as Poison Nezere. Poison okay. Moth Nezere.
0: Okay, so that is number seven on our Nezere uh, branch, wing, bracket, our Nezere bracket of the, uh, the Creature Royale. And that, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at supercentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at bros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do. Please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend. Tell a foe. Tell a mind-controlling monster from a twisted dimension. Actually, don't tell them. If you see them, do not have a conversation with them. That is yeah, a bad it's just, idea. You know. uh, given the option, avoid. Um, but do not avoid retrograde orbit radio. We're a retrograde orbit radio show. You can find the rest of the great retrograde orbit radio shows at retrogradeorbitradio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.